with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Then over the course of the four games that he's that he's been in charge, they've been doing more and more things and reducing some some things, but also trying some different things as well. <clears throat> Not quite sure what the plan's going to be when it comes to uh, these guys coming in, but uh, I do know one thing that they will play hard. Uh, they'll play hard, and they'll continue to get get them lined up, and they'll continue to um, uh, get them ready to make plays. Now they've had they've had some some injuries. <clears throat> it's the one thing you can't. <clears throat> Yeah, it's Flim season, baby. Starting tomorrow, right? We get Dana Holgerson and unnecessary cough and flim clearings tomorrow at Big 12 Media Day. Is that a smoking thing, you think? I think that is a, um, I don't know if Dana smokes as many casinos as he's allegedly been around. Probably secondhand smoke. Vodka probably contributes to that. I, um, you know, maybe it's just more of Dana's lifestyle that is committed to that more than the uh, yeah. smoking itself. I don't know. Maybe Dana, um, maybe he likes to smoke a, uh, a, a a jewel. Isn't that what they call the vapes? The the jewel is that the brand of well, vapes? If I was maybe he's a vape guy. If I was a vape dealer, is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, In middle school, probably. I would say this vape is phlegm-free. <laughs> right, that's that's how I would push it. Phlegm-free uh. vaping. Well, uh, not picked to do much, which is interesting. What you had, WVU and then three of the newcomers at the bottom of the Big 12? Yeah, was, we were laughing at that last week is... Here's the Big 12 preseason poll with all the newcomers, such as BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, and West Virginia. You're going to be worse than all four of the newcomers. Dang, Neil Brown. Expectations are pretty low, and you're on the hottest seat in the country. We'll see what happens. It's going to be funny. Uh, Coach, what's it like to be back in the Big 12 with a different school? I mean, you you go down the list of schools he's been to. which I guess that one has to be uh, asked, but I cue up the the easy go to questions. You think everyone's got like these great breakthrough questions, and then whenever it gets their time, it's like, uh, "Coach, you're back in the Big Twelve. Are What's you it excited like? about the Big Twelve? Yeah. <laughs> well, there'll I, be some bad questions asked over the next two days, Wednesday and Thursday. It's tough. It's not an easy job. I get it. Uh, uh, Dana Holgerson has the popcorn lung, says a texture in the 405. Sooner Steven says Dana needs to go to a doctor. That reminds me of Leach last season. Well, Leach had the, the phlegm going on for several years. He was, yeah. he was the master of it. Yeah. What is it? Um, <laughs> what's the Ben Stiller movie where he's the model? Uh, I mean, I could Zoolander. just... Yeah, okay. When he says, Pop, I've got the black lung after 15 minutes down in the mine with him. I think him. he needs to do that. He needs to do that movie quote tomorrow. That'd be exceptional. That'd be amazing. Well, uh, Big 12 Media Day always gets here, comes and goes. 
somewhat a big deal, but we typically don't find out a whole heck of a lot. I guess every now and then some uh, some conference news breaks, right, and we get and I, some and, movement. And I guess like I wonder if they'll just try to deflect away from OU and Texas last year in the league, or and if it'll be about more of Colorado, Arizona, who's going to join the future of the Big Twelve. I, I don't know. I, it, it's interesting for the next two days because it has the potential to just be so awkward because yeah. Texas and Oklahoma are on opposite days. Texas tomorrow and OU on uh, what I guess Thursday. Uh, why you do that? Oklahoma's no threat to win the conference this year. It's true. Probably ah, others just finish third or fourth. No big deal. Spread it out. Which, make them the biggest attraction the year before they leave. By the way, we mentioned yesterday that I had thought that the two teams picked to picked one and two in the preseason poll yeah. haven't played in the Big 12 championship, so I went back and looked to make sure that that was accurate. 2017, okay? First year that the uh, conference championship game was back. OU and Oklahoma State were picked one and two. It was OU versus TCU. That's TCU right. was picked fifth, all right? 2018, it was OU and West Virginia picked one and two. Speaking of old Dana there. Dang. Yeah. Um, it was OU and Texas. Texas was picked to finish fourth that year. Okay. 2019, it was OU and Texas one and two. It was OU versus Baylor. Baylor was picked to finish sixth. 2020, it was OU and Oklahoma State one and two. It was OU and Iowa State. Iowa State was uh, picked to finish fourth. 2021, it was OU and Iowa State. Uh, it was OSU and Baylor. OSU was four. Baylor was eight. And then last year, it was Baylor one, OU two. It was K-State five versus TCU seven. So we've never had a year where one and two have played each other in the Big 12 championship game. We've also never had a year where a new team did not make the conference championship game. It's happened every single year. Correct. Um, Just so, so crazy. It's crazy. Uh I wonder if there's going to be a new team this year, and who might that new team be? I guess Tech be? is your best option based yeah. on where where their the preseason polls at. Yeah, Tech. We're we're almost out of options. Um, Could be one of the newcomers, I guess. UCF. West Virginia. We're looking at you, West Virginia. What a great comeback story that would be, <laughs> Neil Brown, from 14th to second to get to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, um, Kansas not likely. But they do have the Offensive Player of the Year and the um, first-string uh, Big 12 all-conference quarterback, So, which is still a weird thing to me that Texas, team that everyone picked, 41 people picked them to win the conference, yet their quarterback, who's like third, on the, third or fourth on the Heisman uh, watch list, not all-conference. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Hmm. Camo Sooner says Dana has the worst hair in all of college football. Agree or disagree with that? Uh, I disagree. It gets pretty crazy in the, <laughs> when he gets upset. It's flying all over the place. Here's the thing, though. Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's worse. I would say 99% of coaches, their hair is just – it's. You don't even know about it. It's nothing. It's it's non-issue. It's some, not something you think about. Like he may have the most popular hair in all of college football, right? For a head coach, and I think that's a great thing to market. You know, the thing is, like you could do a silhouette of a certain hairstyle. You really can't with Dana because it can change uh, every single series. 
That the, is the front funny, part like, of the hair could be flowing uh, every which way, depending on what, uh, what what stage of the game it's in. He could have a he could have like his own promo made, you know, or own logo. I guess is is better to market himself, and it's just like a it's like a silhouette of. Big Earn McCracken's hair where it's all over the place. And that's the best comparison, yeah. honestly, is Big Earn McCracken's, yeah. yes. That's like, oh, you got yourself some uh, Holgerson gear. That's cool. Nice. Love the new logo. Yeah. I don't know. I, hopefully we get some type of drama, you know, some type of drama going on. Uh, we'll get some type of drama, I'm yeah. sure. Probably for Mike Gundy, as we talked about yesterday. Um, any storyline with OU you really care about going into this thing? Uh, question that you want to be asked to uh, the head coach or the players, whatever? Oh, no, not really. I I guess when it comes to hearing some of the players, I guess I'd, I'd like to hear what Dylan Gabriel has to say about his receiving core, not getting any um, accolades or preseason hype and what he thinks that they may be. Now, he's just going to say they're the best receiving core he's ever seen in his whole entire life, but – I guess I'm still interested in, in what, what could come of that. Um, my, I, I, I'm interested to hear from Luulu because I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised that he was named, but I, it seemed like a, a guy that kind of came from – I was surprised when that one yeah. was named. Yeah, and I'm – Pleasantly surprised, yes, might I say. exactly. Pleasantly surprised in – I know he's really strong. I know he's put on some good weight. He's moving inside. I'm anxious to see what he thinks about that and you know how he feels like he can perform there after, you know, kind of threw it on on him there. Well, I don't I say they threw it on him. You just don't have much time from the end of the season what you start back kind of mid-January in in winter workouts and you've got I I guess 8 weeks to try and switch modes and get into defensive line mode probably can't do a whole heck of a lot with your body in that time so you know he just kind of see where he's at on that on that trail okay well that's what you're looking for for big 12 media day and before we get to bob stoops here's what the oklahoman they uh they have one question Uh. they'd like to ask for every uh, team that's there for oklahoma and i believe it's jenny carlson that wrote this will ou linebacker danny stutzman ask more questions than he answers The Sooner standout has become a social media standout, too, regularly roving around interview sessions and asking questions of his own teammates and coaches for OU's various platforms. But as the prime-time player rep for OU's defense, sorry, Jonah Lulu, Stutzman will have lots of questions to answer about a unit trying to rebound after an abysmal year. He'll probably have to put down his microphone at media days, but will he? Abysmal mm-hmm. year. Man, the truth hurts, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So that's the question that Ginny would ask uh, for OU. Here's Oklahoma State's. What is OSU receiver Brennan Presley's favorite candy? (laughs) The Cowboy pass catcher uh, and kick returner is arguably the most fun interview in the Big 12. No question is off limits because he'll talk about pretty much anything amongst his favorite topics, candy. Last year, he had sweet tart ropes and mini starbursts at the top of his list. But since he loves sugary sweets so much... He may have well tried something over this past year that is, is his now favorite. So, I hate to take too much of this, but here we go. Uh, here is a prime example of how the two teams in-state are covered. One <laughs> is is the star linebacker after an abysmal year. Is he ready to actually answer questions instead of ask them? 
And for Oklahoma State, what's uh, the star player for OSU? What's their favorite candy? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, See, you know, uh, people get upset, some people, whenever we say that they're covered differently, but let's go. I mean, it's – It's true, man. It's It's, it's true. It's been like that for a long time. I I think it's accurate. Um, I mean, whatever. I I don't care. Whatever. It's fine. Do it. It's just it's just funny to me. It's just really funny. <laughs> What's his favorite candy? Oh my gosh, that's like the that's the question we joke about that it was going to be asked to Gundy or something. What did we say? Pancakes or waffles, right? But uh, it's it's the star player going down there. <laughs> Which I'm not a fan of the mini star burst. Um, what was that first one like? The sour whatever. Those are okay. I'm pretty much when it comes to like the OG like star, and I consider Starburst kind of an OG. Just just keep it how it is. It's it's good. Keep it how it is. Like the tropical flavors, I'm sure are great, but let's just keep it the pink, the orange, yeah. the yellow, and the red. Well, we'll look forward to more of those questions uh, whenever it comes to Oklahoma State and with Stutzman. Why you suck so bad? Why don't you put down that microphone and watch some film? Uh, we should ask Bob coming up next. Um, how much alcohol did Teddy smell like on the way to Big Twelve Media Day back in two thousand three? Mm. Mm, you know, I think mm. the uh, I think the single engine Cessna ride up <laughs> to Kansas City purged me of uh, of any that was left in the system. Uh, all right, let's hit a quick timeout. We do have Coach Stoops joining us next. Hit the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. And single-day options are available. Come camp this summer at Norman's Entertainment Headquarters, Heyday. Register now at heydayfund.com forward slash camps. The Rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We talk to him every single Tuesday at 320, brought to you by Modelo. He's Coach Bob Stoops. Teddy, we have the XFL Combine coming up July 25th through 27th. So, Bob, I'm guessing this is just an opportunity for you and the rest of the coaches just to get your eyes on some certain prospects and maybe make some additions before the uh, upcoming season. Is, Is that right? Yeah, just giving more players opportunities. We, you know, we just, we've already had, several other kind of showcases and combines and other places. But, yeah, just evaluating more and more players and uh, guys that want an opportunity to play. And we go we go down and we have some of our, of course, all our scouts are there, our player personnel people. And we, you know, you'll find a handful of guys that have the speed, size, those kind of things. And then you research them more and make sure you're watching you know, the other parts of how they, they actually play on the field. So, uh, yeah, just more opportunities. It's good stuff and good to see you guys getting some continuity going after the, the pause that you had. So that's going to be really good. Around here, we're just going through the dog days of summer, Coach. We've got, like, Big 12 Media Day stuff coming up. You had the the uh, the media voting on the on the Big 12 and – Texas number one, Kansas State number two, Oklahoma's number three. I don't know if you saw any of that or what any of your thoughts are on it, but it's it's that time of year where we're talking about preseason standings. 
Yeah, talking season. I get it. Uh, that's okay. You got to fill up the airways and the in the uh, you know the internet some one way or another. So uh, it's great. And uh, yeah, like always, and I mean this, it never matters. You you got to go play it. You got to go win it. And uh, you know, either way, whether you pick low or whether you pick high, you got to go. Got to earn your way. So uh, that's what everyone will be doing. But. Um, yeah, so so uh, that's great. It, it, it's it's fun to talk about it. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. It, do you have an opinion on maybe two or three of your favorites uh, going into the season this year in the conference? Uh no. I mean, of course, OU. Of course, I'm going to be a homer and always say that. And I I do believe they'll be much improved. And and don't believe they were as far off last year as maybe some want to say. So uh, you know, and other than that, I, I can't say that I follow anybody close enough to have a real strong opinion to truth be told i'd i'd always just kind of go with quarterbacks uh, experience and skill with those guys make such a difference at whatever any level uh they make uh they make such a difference yeah uh there's no doubt about that it's interesting kansas state got will howard back who took over yep. about halfway through the the season last year and gosh he Kind of feels like um, Colin Klein all over again. Big, tall guy, strong, can do some stuff in the running game and passing game. They're going to be good there. You know, I'm interested about Quinn Ewers at Texas. Um, you know, Texas is picked to win the conference. They've got a talented roster, good coaching staff. Um, you know, he was he was last year's his first year starting, kind of a middle of the road, I guess I would say, in the conference statistically and with some of the stuff that he did. He had some ups and downs as you do in your, your first year, but I did you typically see big jump? I know with most position players, kind of the first year starting to next year starting, you see the biggest jump. Is that carry over with quarterback as well? Oh, I would for sure say that. Yes, that, that first full year is always difficult when you, you know, at this level, it, you, it's just different in the speed and and everything in your decision-making has to be quicker on and on. And quarterbacks generally do make, make a huge jump from their first year to the second year. So I would, I would anticipate that, uh, you know, for sure with them and, and with him. Um, but I'm with you. I, I love the guy at Kansas State and all the experience he has now, Will Howard, and, uh, and they do an excellent job. That, that would be the other one that I, I think would be really – favored you know I don't know where they picked everybody but they'll have as good a chance as, as uh, Texas and OU will I would think one of your former players who's on staff at OU got a big time commitment last Saturday Joe John Finley is, is who I'm talking about he's had a nice tenure in Oklahoma so far I, I'm curious did you see him as a potential coach when he was rolling through the program as a tight end oh yeah yeah I mean of course anyone who's the son of a coach you always can anticipate them being a good coach and uh, his dad was an excellent long time great high school coach and uh, there in Arlington uh, and um, anyway so he uh, yeah I could see that for sure and uh, Joe John has done a great job has earned his way all the way through and and uh, got a great personality to recruit and to coach so um, yeah it's fun seeing him there believe me I'm uh, and again but I'm not surprised I think you may have I think you retired right before they changed the early sign, moved the signing period up because I feel like that was Lincoln had that that first year where it's in December, and you know because it's weird right now we have like the recruiting season is changes and it goes 
kind of really starts in spring now and it's really through the summer is is super super busy with official visits and stuff do you think that's made it better for coaches, more difficult, just kind of maybe the same except some dates are moved around? No, I think it's made it uh, a year-round process now. You know, that's uh, you can visit now in all different times. You can visit a school six times if you want. Or there's no limit on visits now. So, uh, you know, so the coaches get very little time uh, to themselves or with their families, I, I believe. Hopefully they'll keep it at least they get July to where it's dead period for a certain amount of time. So, yeah, it's just made it it just ramped it up and makes it, it just makes it all happen faster and, 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 you know, throughout the year. And the only the only thing it does relieve your pressure is is that heavy recruiting during the season. Yeah, uh, I guess when I say that, it's just I guess you're always still, you know, recruiting your commitments, but. You know, for instance, we hosted Ohio State here, played Ohio State. That that weekend, I, we had like 24 recruits in for official visits mm-hmm. or around 20. You know? So I got to go deal with Ohio State. And now I got to deal with families <laughs> the next morning. It's 637 in the morning and or at night. You know how to, what I mean. And you got to host them. You got to have individual meetings with them. And, you know, so it just it does um, relieve maybe a little bit of pressure during the season but uh yeah it's just a year-round process now i I saw you mentioned that it's interesting we were just looking at some of the recruiting stuff uh the other day georgia some of those teams right there i got the whole class they got 23 24 commits right now and i know you got to like you said continue to recruit those guys but it's kind of nice to have that much of your class committed really ready to go before you even start training camp yeah so that part of it you know that's the plus side of it is does alleviate some pressure in the fall, you know, during the season. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, it's just, uh, just the way it is. That's the schedule is what it is. You, you adapt and you keep playing, you know, you keep playing by the rules. Speaking of recruiting, we uh, took some time on Friday and we looked back at your first three classes and just kind of marveled at all the hits that were in that 99 <laughs> class, that 2000 class, the Yo one class. It's pretty special, isn't it? It was a little bit underrated, man. Oh, my gosh. You know? I mean, 99, yeah. I mean, Derek Strait, uh, award winner. Jason White, uh, Heisman that, Trophy. Brandon Everett's I, great player. I mean, all that. You I, go on and on and on. I've brought it up a lot, and nobody seems to talk about it much. But those guys, as good a class as there, there's been. Yeah, no, I mean the, the when first. You look at their you look at the award winners in there too. Serious, I, I'm I'm kind kind of curious about the 1998 team and if you had to recruit those guys at all and how big of a recruiting job that was. Like when you showed up at OU, were they pretty much locked in, all in on the new coach, or did you have to recruit those guys a little bit? No, they mostly were locked in. The the, the good players were. We had some guys that wanted to kind of set their own pace and make their own rules that didn't last very long. But the other guys, uh, you know, transfer rules aren't what they are today. They, they, you know, they didn't want to, they transferred, they'd have to sit out a year. So most of them, you know, I think bought into the fact that we hired a, a bunch of guys on our staff with strong backgrounds and at, at successful schools. I had just come from Florida, so I, I think they had faith in that. And they really bought into us. Uh, you know, the, the biggest majority of the guys really, uh, you know, I, they were sick and tired of losing. Mm-hmm. And even though it had become, you know, for those four or five years, we hadn't had a lot of success, 
they knew what we were supposed to be. You know, they knew this isn't this isn't what the standard here at OU, and they they wanted to change. It. And uh, so I, I would say the biggest majority really bought in to us right away and to Smitty and what it was going to take, and and they were willing to do it. So we had we had a bunch of good guys. Again, there were you had your handful, maybe ten that. Again, wanted to set their own rules and pace, and they, they didn't last very long. So, uh, you know, which is fine. And we were going to move on with what we had, the guys that wanted to do it right. God, it just, it's just, it's never easy to come in and take over a program. But my goodness, can you imagine now where everyone on the tra- team has the ability to transfer out? No, it's just, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It adds a whole you know, I, different I, I level think- to it. I don't know that it's talked about enough that I don't know a lot of the guys that leave and don't have much success or don't find a place to go. That's not talked about a whole lot because yeah. they're, they're not all successful stories when they leave. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys whose final destination has been the transfer portal. So. Yeah, no question. That's, that's my point. So, uh, you know, I, I always say sometimes be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you sometimes just sticking it out and, all of a sudden, you're you're really playing significant moments and time with in your junior and senior year, and it makes it worth the the early years of struggling. By the way, satisfied customer here. I know you're uh, doing some work for Van Hoos Fence. Got a Van Hoos Fence <laughs> in the backyard. Uh, very high quality. I'm, high quality. I'm the I'm the busiest retired guy there is. <laughs> I got I got rock and roll tequila. I got to go deal with today, and then uh, Van Hoos Fence. I got my man Mark uh, Van Hoos. They do a great job. Very reputable company. So, yeah, I got to keep finding my hand. I got XFL meetings here in a couple weekends, in a couple weeks. So, uh, like I said, I, I stay busy. Well, we appreciate you stopping by, even with that schedule and, uh, and saying hi every week. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun here. We'll talk with you next, next week, Coach. Appreciate it. All right. All right, guys. Good to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. I, busy you, life and not a bad one. Yeah, that's right. You always ask me, like, what do you think for the the clip? I think the clip is we had a lot of guys that wanted to set their own uh, rules and pace, and that didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Love that. It's good. Well, uh, talking season is here, it, Tyler. He, he has a good way to go about evaluating the best teams in the conference. It's like, well, do I really have to pay attention to the inside and out of teams, or do I just kind of pick the best quarterbacks? Yeah. It's kind of a, it's normally a pretty, I don't know if it's flawless, but it's often a very good method to, to judge who the best teams are going to be in a league. It's a really good place to start, anyways. If you're, like, if you're talking about preseason rankings, that's a great way to start. Now, uh, things emerge throughout the season. I mean, last year you had your Big 12 championship game was with two quarterbacks that were the backup coming out of training camp, right, with Max Duggan and Will Well, Howard. that's – that. okay, now now there's a good point. The last four quarterbacks to start in a Big 12 championship game, okay, you had Will Howard, who started the year as a backup, yeah. was, was an afterthought. You had um, – why? Well, okay, Duggan. you got Duggan that got beat out to start the year. You had Spencer Sanders, who – there was some article that he's going to be, like, potentially the third string at Ole Miss this mm. year. And does anyone even remember who the Baylor quarterback was that won the Shapen? Big 12? It was Did, Blake Shapin. But, was, he, but he didn't the, play. It was the other guy that came in. And he completed like his first 11 passes or something uh, like that. Well, Shapin didn't start the season for Baylor either, did he? I, maybe not. Yeah. So <laughs> the last four quarterbacks have played in the conference championship game. 
It's uh, a, not it, not elite. It's a it's a long season with attrition in there, and yeah, it, it's a good way. It's a good place to start. A uh, really good place to start, but you never know where how it's going to finish. All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. Keep hitting the text on the seam coming in 651-3439. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. Now you can't beat that. Be sure to check out the lineups for Buick and GMC and get top dollar for your trade. So take a little drive to big savings. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or dorsey-jonesbuickgmc.com. For the latest recruiting and Sooner news, catch Tyler McComas. Maybe this is it. Maybe we are truly in the home stretch, Parker. And Parker Thune. It doesn't matter what position he plays. Sure. Just get him on campus. Unlocked in. I already dropped my balls, Tyler. You so. did drop your balls. We'll be talking a lot about your balls. Locked in. I've been movie nights, 21 plus adult nights, and all our exciting events are perfect for an evening of entertainment and enjoyment. Even though season passes are sold out for 2023, you can beat the heat for $8 for all day admission and $5 for Twilight. Go to Facebook to see our event lineup and westwoodpool.com for more information. <laughs> the rush on the ref good stuff as always appreciate bob stoops for hopping on with us every single tuesday at 320 brought to you by Modelo. mentioned with him the uh first three recruiting classes of his that we talked about last friday and in case you missed that here are the uh, highlights from uh, the 99 and the 2000 class in 99 bob's first recruiting class Derek straight michael thompson jason white Brandon Everidge, Corey Klein, Matt McCoy, Quentin Griffin, Antoine Savage, and Josh Heupel. Mm. That's just the highlights there in 99. 2000, Wes Sims, Jamal Brown, Dan Cody, Ted Lehman, Brandon Shelby, Gayron Allen, Mark Clayton, Lance Donnelly, Will Peoples, Antonio Perkins, Jimmy Wilkerson, and Ronaldo Works. Yeah. You, I take another uh, two of those classes, please. Yeah, I think you have what? Four or five All Americans apiece in those two classes. Um, D straight, yes. J White, yes. Did Everidge ever get All American? Uh, I don't know. Hypel mm, I... would have, right? So that's three in two thousand. Hypel would have, right? Uh, I mean, I know he finished yes. second to Chris well, he Winkie, w- but he won the Davey O'Brien, didn't yeah. he? So that's three at least in ninety nine, and then two thousand. Jamal Brown, yes. Dan Cody, yes. You, yes. Clayton, yes. Antonio Perkins, yes. Yeah. So that's five. So eight between the two And at then least. W- Wilkerson left a year early, correct? He left early, and right. knows what he could have done and uh, yeah. be stated for an extra year. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Good stuff. I love the uh, set their own rules and pace. That was great. That was great. Um, I don't know, man. I'm. We're starting to stack what looks like a couple of good classes for Coach Venable's first two classes, right? I mean, well, I mean, just positions that you haven't been recruiting at a high level here recently. And, and granted, like the, the defensive lineman interior, it hasn't happened yet, but it's right. hard not to be excited or at least feel good about where you stand for Winery and, and David Stone. Yeah. That, and and Winery basically said, what, I think it was yesterday that 
essentially I've got my mind made up. Um, I'm just going to wait a couple of weeks, and he sounds like he's going to announce potentially on August 1st. And sounds like he's maybe is, uh, has his mind made up or is very close to having his mind made up. And there's quite a few people that feel pretty good about Oklahoma leading, right? Correct. Here, here's the quote. I feel like I'm on the back end of the process wrapping it up. I really have a good idea of what I want to do, but I'm just not ready to go public with it yet. Right. Well, sooner would help the fan base a little bit if you <laughs> If you go ahead and uh, if, yeah, let's if, go, man. If you're going to Oklahoma, <laughs> announce it right away, please. What what type of effect do you think that would have on any other guys that perhaps are on the fence? Um, I, I don't know if it would. I mean, maybe it would help someone that's on the fence more of David Stone than anything. You know, it's you feel like you lead there, you feel like you've led there for over a year. It's just now like. All right, man. Like, when are you going to announce to announce of when your date is or when you're going to announce? Like, everyone's kind of starting to get antsy a little bit. Maybe Dave, maybe Williams Winery announcing on August 1st to OU might speed up that timeline a little bit. You know what's interesting? Be nice. Is I, if, if Oklahoma lands the number one running back in the class. Um, July 21st, that one's happening. A five-star tight end from next year's class that's reclassifying. Two defensive linemen. One's the number one overall player. The David Stone is, what, top 10-ish, yeah. fringe? Yep. I, that is – I guess my point is, and I know that Georgia, Alabama, those teams have really good recruiting classes – they're not worried about anything, but like Oklahoma's not even in the SEC yet. Like I gotta imagine that that has something to do with it. I don't know how big of a piece of the pie it is, but I'm I'm sure it has something to do with it. I'm sure there's conversations going on like Oklahoma's coming. Like there's something different there. They they're at least building it like more. This. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're building it more to what a, a title team looks like, and they still got a ways to go. But their recruit, like you look at last year's recruiting, like the the defense was arguably the better side of the ball. In, and when's the last time that's been the case, right? Well, so it feels like they're building it more towards what the blueprint has been for quite some time. It's probably been a decade since we had a five star running back. Uh, I mean, Mixon's the last one. Yeah. Probably, I don't know if have we ever had a five star tight end, and I know he reclassified and he's not. But Jermaine Gresham was a was a four star, pretty highly ranked. But maybe Keith Jackson was a five star if they were right. uh, keeping track of it. But back then. It, like as far as we know, like that's kind of a first. There, it's been over a decade since they've had a a, a five star defensive lineman. All right, it's been. I know we had a five-star edge last year, but how long has it been? It's been 20 years almost since we've had the number one overall player. Adrian Peterson, last one. These are things that you're ripping off. How long has it been since we had a five-star safety? Roy Williams? Um, Well, was he he a five-star safety coming out of California? He was a big-time recruit. I don't know. Uh, Someone you know, put Peyton Bowen last year as a five star. I think he ended up as a four or five star. Okay, well that, that's who I was. That's who yeah, I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to think of, of outside that. Um, like, it's probably been a while there. That, those Les those Buki was listed as a safety when he came yeah. in. Those those things haven't happened here often. Now we've had five star quarterbacks, 
and we've had five-star receivers. But outside of that, there hadn't been a whole lot of five-star anything. And I'm telling you, people have to be noticing that it's it's getting a little different. You know, so um, I, you, you mentioned the, the SEC effect on recruiting. I've, yeah. I, I've got to think, like, it, it's one thing to tell these kids, hey, man, one day you come here, you're going to play in the SEC. I feel like it's had its biggest effect with this year's class because of a couple of things. One, they'll never play in the Big 12. Their entire career will be in the SEC. That's right. Two, I got to think, man, that schedule reveal show was a nice little bump for OU. Because yeah. everyone knows that if you go to OU, you're going to play in the SEC. But it's just different once you actually get to see what the home and the away schedule is going to look like. Yeah. So, I like us, we were all really excited about the schedule reveal show. Of course, yes, that's great content. It's entertaining. But I got to think Brent Vittables, too, was yes. One, it'll help sell tickets maybe even more. Two, it's just, hey, here's the actual schedule that you're going to play. We might, you know, we will play Alabama at home. Instead of talking about playing Tennessee and Bama at home, no, here it is. We're actually going to play these two teams at home. Yeah. I think that's got to help. The University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venable said as much on the Reveal show. He said, you don't think we're going to be flashing that schedule up on the Jumbotron? Because I think, was that the week of the Champion Barbecue? Uh, I think it was the, yeah, I think it was that weekend, yes. Yeah, and he's like, you think we're not going to have that uh, plastered up there on the Jumbotron for everyone to see who we're, who these guys are going to be playing their, their home games against and road games against? Absolutely. So, um, I think... I think good things are coming. Ah, you got to take care of it on the football field. Everyone knows that. But feels like good things are happening whenever it's coming to the recruiting trail. Uh, does Teddy think he could have been five-star tight end, says the texture in the 405? No. Hmm. I'm about three inches too short. And I was about, at the time, 20-ish pounds too light. Tight ends were, uh, well, I guess... We had an air raid tied in that was about 230 pounds, Trent Smith, but he's 6'6". Could have kept your cowboy collar back in those days oh, and still played cool tied would in. That have been. been pretty awesome, yeah. Did Al- had Alexander wear, like, had a neck roll playing tied in? Steve Alexander, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool. You had to wear, like, maybe number 90 or so. Was it Matt Anderson on the night? Did, did he have a neck roll um, I don't in 2000? think so. I don't think so. Um, but... Ah, that's funny. Kendall Could says, in fight. my opinion, these guys who drag out their commitment announcements come across as, look at me and less about being unsure. Call me old man. I think there's some truth to that. Old man. I'll call him old man. I also think that, in and this is not a good thing, in the current name, image, and likeness era, I I think you're just kind of holding out for what the what the Seriously. next deal might be. Yeah. And that's the problem. Okay, let's say uh, when Ari on what, August 1st announces he's coming to the University of Oklahoma. Boomer. Well, you're going to have to continue <laughs> to recruit that guy all the way. You may have to have someone sit there with him and make sure that the ink hits the paper, date, everything. Sign the right date, ready. unlike uh, what Peyton Bowen had, uh, something like that last That's year. what I'm saying. Like, you, you – like, teams are going to be coming after the number one overall player right until the very, very end. All right, one more on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Guy says, curveball question for Teddy. Which was more difficult emotionally? Uh, th- yeah, the robot. I'll be excited to hear uh, what the robot has to say emotionally. Your last game at Fort Gibson, last game at OU, when you hung him up for the last time. 
Last game at home at OU. I thought you were annoyed by senior day against Baylor. That you had to go through the senior day festivities before the football game. Yeah, but it's it's a like your last game it was a national championship game. Like that was more about losing the game than it was being you know what I'm saying? Like at the time the I was just pissed off about losing the game, you know. Uh, it took a while for it to, and like I was, it was just like on to the next thing. Lost the game, and then flew out the next morning at like seven a.m. to go start preparing for the Senior Bowl and stuff. Like, there's not a whole lot of time to think about it, but you know, whenever you play that last home game, that's whenever it all it all really hits you. So I would say last game at OU. Who did you see on the plane that day to L.A.? Belushi. That's right. Nice. Yeah. and a better deal for your life, health, home, or auto insurance policies. With their help, it's easy to find a better insurance solution. Let them help you search for the best coverage for your needs. Give Rightway Insurance a call today, 405-607-6014. That's 405-607-6014 to get better, more affordable home and auto insurance. That's Rightway Insurance, your insurance advice. Cavens Group, bringing you the sour of the rush. Cavensgroup.com, storm damage or emergency repairs, and really anything and everything in between. If you've got an issue with your home or your office building, Cavensgroup.com or 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. 13 years in business for Gary and the team at Cavens. Not, uh, not great reviews for last night's home run derby. Uh, a lot of people were upset with you know, with how fast the clock works, that you didn't get the towering bombs that you grew up mm-hmm. loving in the home run derby. It was more of just hit 380-foot home runs and just try to get as many as possible. And honestly, I, I fall into that group as well. I want to see the towering home runs, man. So I don't know how well, they fix that or what you do, but so I'd like to see that change. The old format, people hated. That's why they changed it. But here's the thing. The format they're in now has been great but what they did they okay so what was used to you'd get the pitch you'd hit a home run then the umpire in the back would hold the pitcher until that ball landed Correct. you could not pitch again until that ball landed but as the clock was running guys were like like keep throwing it i need another ball keep throwing it keep throwing it so they kept skirting that rule and the umpire what's the umpire going to do step in and stop the home run derby no so it looks like they scrapped that all all together and they just fire them up there as fast as possible. And the reason they originally did it is so some kid chasing a pop fly doesn't take the you know the next line drive in the teeth as he's trying to find the you know the ball that was hit up in the air. It was a safety issue. They forgot about safety. Here's what I think. Couple of things. You should go back to you have to wait until that ball lands before you um, pitch another one, and the way you fix it is when the clock is over, you cannot end a round on a home run. Just keep going. If they you, can take it. If you hit a home run, you get another pitch. It has to end on an out. I don't hate that. That's how at I all. think you fix it. Now they they tried to do the uh, what if you hit it over four hundred and forty feet, you get an additional thirty seconds. So there is like some that. incentive to hit a towering bomb, but. 
Maybe it was just the hitters that we had last night, but they're just, I don't know, it just wasn't yeah. as much fun as it's it was, been in it was, years past. It's way too fast. You don't get to watch the ball yeah. at all. Um, here's the other thing. Like, if you go back to the old format, here's what I would say. If you, since it's going to be slower, I think you can extend that line out further. I don't know what the the mark is, but I say if you hit it past, let's call it 470. If you hit a home run that's over 470, you get an out back or something to give some incentive to try and hit it further. I don't know. Or just get everyone, um, figure out who the eight participants are yeah. a year in advance, let them do roids for a year, and then do the home run derby. Ooh, you're saying like just like a month leading up to no, it? No, I'm saying a year. Let them do roids for a year, a year? play the whole season okay. with roids, and then do the home run derby. All right, all right. That's that's a thought. <laughs> there's your there's your thought to fix I don't baseball. know what makes you think they're not anyways. Well, good point. All right, hour number two, The Rush, coming up next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why?